0: Welcome to The Essential Rhythm, science-based, natural history, and human ecology of the North Atlantic seashore. This is episode 41, Sand Shrimp. I've been doing a swimming challenge this summer, trying to get into a natural body of water every day since the summer solstice. And I've been mostly successful, planning my days to include a jump in a local pond or pouring over the map to see where I can access water when I travel further afield. Many of my dips have been at a beach in upper Penobscot Bay. This west facing gravel and cobble beach has a moderately steep upper face, but the lower reaches flat out and extend what feels like endlessly towards the bay. At high tide, just a few bounds into the water and you can easily submerge, but at low tide, you have to do what we've come to call the low tide walk of shame, going down to the water's edge and walking and walking and walking until you finally come to enough water to respectably submerge in. And in the unscheduled days of summer, I can plan my activity around high tide. But now that school has started, my class schedule is not built around the tide chart, and I have to take what I can get. And this week, low tide it was. Sitting in the shallow water, on a sand and gravel flat, in the late afternoon facing west, watching the clouds come in across the bay and the sun sinking down in the sky, Well, there are worse places to spend a few minutes at the end of the day. I've noticed, as I sit quietly in the water, a tickling sensation on my hands. Little shrimp make their way across the backs of my hands, investigating the surface of my skin, seeing me more as strange new terrain than a potential predator. And that's a compliment. The shrimp in question are commonly known as sand shrimp. Krangens septem spinosa a widely distributed species of shallow water shrimp in the Western Atlantic coastline from Newfoundland to Florida. They are crustaceans in a group called Decapoda, having 10 legs, although their first pair of walking legs features a large hooked claw, reminiscent of their larger lobster cousins. They can be seen by a patient observer willing to watch at the water's edge as the tide comes in, as the shrimp follow the water in and forage in the intertidal zone. They aren't much bigger, than about half a finger's length, though they can reportedly grow to three inches. Small as they are, they can be important predators in the intertidal, feeding on mollusks, worms, and other crustaceans, tiny ones, as well as juvenile fish, especially the flatfish that use estuaries and seagrass beds as nurseries for their young. The shrimp, in turn, are then food for other hungry creatures, larger fish and birds. They can be hard to see, as their shell is exquisitely camouflaged, blending in with sand and gravel. And they reportedly bury themselves in the sediment, when in they are in soft sediment environments at least, hiding and preparing to ambush prey. I've walked through drainage streams and mudflats and watched these shrimp dart around erupting from their shallow burial hiding places in attempt to get away from my passing feet. Like so many prey animals, the dart and freeze behavior goes way, way back in our evolutionary tree. Because they range so widely, they have to have a fairly cosmopolitan temperature and salinity requirement. And while they're often associated with estuaries, systems where fresh water is meeting the ocean, and salinities can be low, they're recognized as living for time further offshore in fully marine waters as well. Temperature seems to be even less of a problem for them, though research needs to be done to see just how different cold water sand shrimp are from warmer water populations. Researchers have speculated that there isn't much exchange between these different populations, which could be leading to a divergence in the characteristics of populations, particularly with respect to how they are adapting to their temperature regimes. Some people have speculated that because they have a high degree of temperature tolerance, especially of warmer water temps, they may fare well in a warming ocean. Time will tell, but in general, animals that are more tolerant to diverse environmental conditions are more likely to be able to tolerate rapidly changing environmental conditions. The ocean water on the section of the coast where I live is usually cold, even in the summer. But right along the water's edge, that water can get almost pleasant in a- on a summer afternoon. Sit there long enough and quietly enough, and the sand shrimp will busily go about their work looking for food, while you get to come face-to-face with what could be a true survivor. This has been episode 41 of The Essential Rhythm, written and produced by me, Sarah O'Malley. The show is produced on Wabanaki land. The theme music is Lightstream by the artist Siddhartha, used by permission through Creative Commons. Thanks for listening and join us next week.